0: Hello again, everybody, and welcome back to Sports Crunch with D. Crom. I'm your host, David Kromelow, and NFL preseason is officially underway, and that means you probably have a fantasy football draft that's approaching fast. And we have a very special guest here today that will help give you an advantage when you enter that draft room. About five years ago, I joined a fledgling fantasy football website called FirstStopFantasy.com as a staff writer. The guy in charge of the site at the time was a man named Mike Denti. He taught me how to analyze football from a fantasy perspective, and my experience writing for him inspired me to pursue this as a potential career. Currently, Mike is a featured writer for FantasyPros.com and TouchdownFantasyFootball.com, and is also the lead DFS contributor for NFLSpinZone.com and Fansided.com. And it is a pleasure to welcome Mike back to the program today where he will help us break down some of the recent training camp buzz and what it means for your fantasy draft board. What's up, Mike? How you doing?
1: Pretty good, David. How are you?
0: Very good. Thanks. It's a pleasure having you back on. Can't stress that enough, Mike. And uh, let's uh, start off with the news that broke yesterday about Steelers wide receiver Martavis Bryant. Yesterday, the NFL granted Bryant partial reinstatement, meaning he's allowed to take part in preseason practices and games. However, he still has hurdles remaining in his quest for full reinstatement. Even though he is expected to achieve full reinstatement before week one, it is probably fair to expect him to start the season slowly, given the fact that he was suspended all of last year and he couldn't work out with the team uh, in full this off season. So the rust has to be expected to be there. What do you think is the safest round to buy Martavis Bryant at the earliest?
1: Uh, You know, Dave, I'd say probably somewhere around the fifth to sixth round. Um, The wide receiver position is loaded, especially if you're looking at PPR formats. Um, You know, you got guys like Jarvis Landry, Julian Edelman, Golden Tate, uh, Fitzgerald, Willie Sneed. So... You know, I'd rather try to avoid that risk if you can. Um, but at the same time, I can certainly see the upside that, you know, intrigues that intrigues people to take him in, in the fifth round.
0: I definitely see it, too. And will you be willing to draft Bryant around round five, or would you let somebody else overpay for him?
1: Um, I'd be willing to. I was actually uh, – I did a draft yesterday, and uh, I, was, I had the fifth pick, and uh, I had the opportunity to take him in the fifth round, and I – passed him up, kind of hoping maybe he'd come back in the sixth. Um, So, I mean, I would, just depending on on who's on the the table at that point.
0: Indeed, Mike, I feel the same way. And just in case you at home don't know how important Martavis Bryant is to the Steelers' offense, here are some eye-opening stats from Evan Silva of rotoworld.com. In games without Martavis Bryant, Ben Roethlisberger has averaged 275.7 passing yards per game, 1.78 touchdowns per game and 7.95 yards per attempt in games with Bryant. Those numbers absolutely skyrocket for Roethlisberger as he is averaged with Martavis Bryant on the field, 336.6 passing yards per game, 2.11 touchdowns per game and 8.39 yards per attempt. And, uh, And that's why I'm personally bullish on Martavis Bryant, um, wherever he goes in fantasy drafts, if he is able to keep his head on straight, because he could mean uh, extra dimension for that Steelers offense, which is obviously loaded with playmakers. And moving on to the biggest story concerning fantasy owners right now, it was just reported about an hour or so before this recording that Ian Rappaport of NFL Network, said that a decision on potential discipline for Ezekiel Elliott may be announced as early as tomorrow. If Elliott is suspended two to three games, let's say, where would you draft him at the earliest?
1: Oh, uh, that's, that's a tough one. I mean, if it's if it's two to three games, I look at it as a similar situation to Le'Veon Bell last year. Um, and obviously we saw how that kind of ended and how Bell won many championships around the fantasy community. So I, I still have him. Quite high. I would probably take him somewhere around the four or five range. Um, I would maybe just bump Antonio Brown uh, in PPR formats above him. Maybe Odell Beckham, but that's pretty much it. Still a top five pick in my
0: eyes. Absolutely, especially if the suspension is that short. But what if he's suspended for four games or more? How would that impact his value?
1: At that point, I would say um, me personally, I'd look, I'd look to drop him in the late first maybe early second round. Um, I still think, you know, I'm I'm confident in, you know, my drafting abilities that you can still find value in later rounds like for guys that can step in for the first three to four weeks um, and just kind of give you that bridge until, you know, the suspension is up. You look at guys like Jaquiz Rogers, who's probably, you know, going to start the first three games for the Bucks. He could be had somewhere around the, you know, 11th, 12th round. Um, you know, even if you want to take Darren McFadden, uh, another guy, obviously, filling in for Elliott while he's out. Um, you know, there, there's there's options out there that can get you through the first couple of weeks without him.
0: There most certainly are, and we'll talk about more of those options later on. But uh, the Elliott suspension isn't the only thing emanating from Cowboys camp right now. Right now, uh, as all of you know... The Cowboys' offensive line is arguably the straw that stirs the drink for that offense. Uh, They made it possible for Ezekiel Elliott to run for as many yards as he did last year, not not meaning to diminish the talent of Ezekiel Elliott, but uh, he probably wouldn't have run for as many yards behind a subpar offensive line last year. Uh, They they also made uh, it a perfect situation for Dak Prescott to walk into. But the Cowboys' offensive line is having some injury problems right now. All-pro left tackle Tyron Smith is dealing with a chronic back issue. He, After missing every day of practice last week, Smith returned to practice Monday and Tuesday, but his back stiffened up again, as he expe- and he's expected to get the rest of the week off. Although the team continues to downplay this current injury and say there is no relation to any previous health issues, it is important to know that Smith spent much of last season managing a bulging disc in his back, which caused him to miss three games. In addition, Former NFL offensive lineman and uh, fantasy analyst Ross Tucker tweeted yesterday that although it is too early to panic about Tyron Smith, this relapse doesn't sound good at all based on his personal experience. If Tyron Smith is still experiencing these back problems by September 1st, how does that impact the fantasy value of Des Bryant and Dak Prescott?
1: Well, Des Bryant's already a receiver to me that's that's overvalued. Um, I think him going in the second round is still based off of kind of his big name and um, you know, if you look at how he performed last season, he had 50 receptions. Um, he, was, he averaged under four catches per game. He missed 10 games over the past two years. Um, I haven't really seen a strong enough connection between him and Dak Prescott to warrant a second-round pick as is. Uh, so, you know, as far as Des Bryant is concerned, he's a wide receiver that's pretty much off my draft board unless he really falls, which just doesn't seem to happen. Uh, as far as Dak Prescott goes, I mean... The quarterback position is pretty loaded as is. There's the top 15 guys that you can kind of make a case for to be QB1s. Prescott's probably in that lower tier. Um, You know, I don't mind Prescott if you pair him with another guy, say like a Jameis Winston or uh, Marcus Mariota type. Um, But I would not just draft him and bank on him to be your, your QB1 without a good backup plan.
0: Oh, I completely agree with that. And you're definitely going to need that backup plan if Tyra Smith's back problems persist. And uh, let's go to the Vikings right now. And you and I have exchanged a couple of words about this subject on Twitter in recent weeks. And I'm obviously talking about Dalvin Cook, the Vikings rookie running back from Florida State. Dalvin Cook is turning heads at training camp, and he is capitalizing on his opportunity to seize a workhorse-type role, uh, given the fact that Latavius Murray has been on the shelf. For all of TradyCap. And Matt Waldman from footballguys.com and Matt com, who we had on the program a couple weeks ago, he said that he would actually prefer Dalvin Cook over Leonard Fournette at the time being in redraft leagues. And uh, right now, you and I agree that Dalvin Cook's best value is in the fifth round. But if he balls out in preseason, how much higher should that catapult his ADP?
1: It might bump him up around, but, you know, I. I don't put too much stock into the preseason. Um, a lot of people do, so I'm kind of hoping that he doesn't kind of explode in the preseason for that reason. Um, but I could see him uh, kind of creeping up to the fourth round with, with a good preseason. Um, but people need to keep in mind that, you know, Latavius Murray is still there. Um, he's still good chance that he takes the uh, goal line carries as he had, I think 12 touchdowns last year for the Raiders. Um, you know, and even Jarek McKinnon still there. So, You know, there could be some catches taken away there. There could be touchdowns taken away by Murray. So I think the fourth to fifth round's a pretty good value. I wouldn't take them any earlier than that.
0: Absolutely. And uh, from one rookie running back to another, another rookie running back making noise recently is Kareem Hunt of the Chiefs. Kareem Hunt was absolutely one of my favorite prospects in this running back class, as I've said time and time again on this program. And it's already showing in Chiefs camp as head coach Andy Reid praised Hunt as a, quote, quick study. And it was reported via ArrowheadPride.com that he is seeing more and more snaps with the first team offense during practice. While it is possible he may find healthy work early, Adam Schefter cautioned in a radio interview on, I believe, Fantasy uh, Sports uh, XM Radio that he that we should not expect that much of an impact from Hunt until the second half of the season. How high on Kareem Hunt are you at the moment?
1: I'm quite high on Hunt as well. Um, you know, for where he goes, you know, eighth round or later, I'm looking for upside there. Uh, and he certainly has it. Spencer Ware was, you know, decent last year, but struggle at times I you know I I could see a scenario where Hunt takes over as the the lead back for the Chiefs um and I just feel he has the he has the total package the rushing ability the receiving ability um right now he's rated somewhere around the 37th ranked running back eighth ninth round type thing Uh, I mean for me it's worth a shot at that
0: point Oh, it's absolutely worth a shot there for a guy who could grow into an every down back eventually. He might only be slightly above 200 pounds, but he runs like he's 230. And and uh, and he could, and he's also better at receiving than the average rookie running back, and which is a must in an Andy Reid offense. And so Kareem Hunt, he has a sky-high ceiling, folks. So keep him firmly on your draft radar. But that's obviously not the only name making noise in Kansas City. The other name is obviously Tyree Kill, who... Burst onto the scene with a stunning rookie performance last year, and uh, they plan to increase his rollout offense. So there were a lot of skeptics about him saying, so "No, he's more of a special teams and a gadget player. He'll he'll never prove uh, fantasy reliable on offense." He's kind of proving a lot of those downers wrong so far in training camp. He has consistently lit up practice every day that Matt Miller of Bleacher Report, who lives in the Kansas City area, he said that there are expectations by some throughout the league that he will have a breakthrough similar to the one Steve Smith had in his second full season in 2005. Chief beat writer Therese Paylor for the Kansas City Star predicted that Tyreek Hill will catch 75 or more passes and maybe 10 or more touchdowns. Also, Blair Kirkhoff, who also covers the Chiefs for the Kansas City Star, he reported that Hill will surrender most of his return assignments and be almost a full-time player on offense. Will you be willing to bite the bullet on Tyreek Hill in the third or fourth rounds of either PPR or standard formats?
1: No, I I, I don't see him uh, valued that highly. And the number one reason for that is really just Alex Smith and the Kansas City style of offense. Um, You know, he showed... Obviously, tremendous flashes last year. Um, But when we're talking third, fourth round, as I mentioned earlier, there's guys like Jarvis Landry, who's had three straight seasons of 80-plus catches, uh, two straight of 90-plus catches. Um, You know, there's Julian Edelman, who's had four straight seasons of 90-plus receptions. Uh, Sorry, would have had four straight seasons if he didn't miss seven games in 2015. Um, You know, guys like Golden Tate, Larry Fitzgerald, I, I can't, take Tyreek Hill over those guys, because for him to reach that value, he basically needs to hit his upside, and and I think there's just some risk there, with especially with Smith, at the quarterback.
0: There most certainly is, but I am optimistic about Tyreek Hill and what he could do when Patrick Mahomes and his rocket arm are ready to go for the Chiefs, and moving on to Music City with the Tennessee Titans, a team I am absolutely bullish on this season, by the way. Uh, Derek Henry has been shining big time in Titans camp as DeMarco Murray has been recovering from a minor hamstring injury recently. Although Murray is indeed close to returning and he remains the favorite for lead back duties, it might be difficult for the Titans to keep Henry on the sidelines as often as they did during Henry's rookie season last year. Is DeMarco Murray still worth a second round pick or would you let someone else buy DeMarco Murray there and take Derek Henry later instead?
1: I am all aboard the Derrick Henry train. Uh, he is one of my top must-have players of the year, uh, especially given his value at the around the seventh or eighth round, preferably. Uh, I think he's the future at running back for Tennessee. Um, I don't see a scenario where he doesn't see more touches this season. And if Demarco Murray, by chance does miss any time, I think Henry is the type of running back that is an immediate every week starter in fantasy, a top five back, and a potential league winner. Um, you know, we saw Murray last year through the final six weeks of the season, he, he showed signs of wearing down. Um, he had, I believe he didn't have a hundred yards rushing in the final six games. He had just one rushing touchdown. Um, so, you know, it'd be wise for the Titans to, you know, go with the one, two punch of of Henry and Murray. And I I think it's going to be, uh, you know, Henry that returns the value on the eighth round.
0: And Oh, absolutely, especially given that amazing offensive line they have in Tennessee and they're going to have more webbage in the receiving game that will force defenses to be much more honest um, than they were last year. And also, it's important to know Derrick Henry is the 2015 Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, he's in the NFL for a reason, folks, and he uh, he could be a, a league winner in fantasy, as Mike just suggested. Ed Stag in Tennessee for a moment. Uh, it looks like uh, Marcus Mariota has... Uh, gone through the first couple weeks of training camp with no problems whatsoever, and uh, he's not limited, and that's why the Titans feel comfortable giving him some snaps in their first preseason game on Friday evening against the Jets. Uh, Marcus Mariota is a quarterback I and many of the fantasy community is absolutely bullish on. Where, at the earliest, would you consider drafting Marcus Mariota? Because you can have him in as late as the ninth or 10th round, or if not the 11th round.
1: Yeah, for me, it's... um You know, there's so many quarterbacks that I do like. Um, So if I'm not getting, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady or Drew Brees, I want to wait on quarterback basically as much as I as as long as I can until pretty much every other um, person in my league has taken a QB. So if he happens to be one of the QBs that's left around the 10th round, then that's probably where where I would take him. But otherwise, I'm comfortable with, you know, just a bunch of different names there.
0: He is Mike Denti, ladies and gentlemen. You can follow him on Twitter at First Stop Fantasy and find his work at fantasypros.com, touchdownfantasyfootball.com, NFLspinzone.com and Fansided.com and Mike, as uh, you taught me when we wrote for First Stop Fantasy together, in your articles where you talked about the V word, and I'm obviously talking about value. Value is the name of the game when it comes to fantasy football drafts. I can't say that enough. Those who get the most return on their picks in later rounds or any rounds for that matter are likely are more likely to take home the league title. And uh, start with a, the first part of our value question. Who are some players you would avoid at any cost, especially in rounds one through four?
1: Uh, you know, I'll jump right ahead to the running back position. Um, Jay Ajaye jumps out to me right away. Uh, he had only four games with 15 or more fantasy points last season, and that's PPR scoring as well. Um, he barely cracked the top 25 in consistency. Uh, just on some research that I did. He's already had a concussion in training camp. I just don't like the the risk that's involved in taking him at the second round. Uh, another guy that jumps out to me is Todd Gurley. Uh, with him, I mean, you know, same kind of average draft position going around the second round. He averaged 3.2 yards per carry last season. He had the fifth most carries in the NFL, but 15th in fantasy production. Uh, Even though they added, you know, Sean McVay's head coach should help him a little bit, but they still do have a terrible offense. They still have a long ways to go. I just don't see the, uh, you know, it's just too high risk in the second round for me to go with somebody like Gurley. Uh, And then furthermore, you know, really any running back that I see in the second and third round right now with their value there, I just, I find myself passing on running backs in the second and third and kind of going with almost a zero running back approach unless I can get one of the top guys in the first round.
0: I've actually been doing that same approach at recent mocks and uh, for our final uh, question of the day before I let you go here, Mike, who are your best bargain picks in rounds eight or later? We already mentioned Derrick Henry is a possible one there. Who are some others that come to mind?
1: Um, I can give you a few here. I'll start off at quarterback. Um, You know, I I love Tyrod Taylor, Um, top 10 fantasy quarterback last season. He had 12 games, 12 out of 15 games with 15 or more fantasy points, which is actually a better percentage than Drew Brees and Tom Brady, which is astonishing. Uh, And then you add in, you know, the healthy Sammy Watkins factor, the additions of Zay Jones and uh, Anquan Boldin. Um, Right now he's ranked somewhere around, you know, 18th QB going in the 12th round. I think there's QB1 potential there for sure. Uh, And then furthermore, he's got a pretty favorable playoff matchup uh, against the Colts, Dolphins, and uh, Patriots. Uh, so I love Tyrod Taylor there. Um, looking at running back, obviously Derek Henry's one I already mentioned. I love the PPR guys. I'm a, I, I play in PPR league strictly. Um, James White, somebody that jumps out to me as well. He's had two straight seasons of four or more catches. Um, you know, top 25 running back last year, despite just one game with more than five carries. Um, and then you look at his Super Bowl performance. He had 14 receptions, three touchdowns. So I think there's a lot of value to be had in the 10th round for somebody like James White. Um, And then jumping ahead to wide receiver. I mean, wide receiver, I'm kind of looking at just some late-round value, uh, guys who can just rack up PPR points. So Cole Beasley is somebody that comes to mind, just an underrated slot receiver. Uh, He's coming off a career-high 75 receptions last season, a top 35 PPR receiver. Um, And then my... I was talking about my must-haves earlier, where I had Derrick Henry, and I actually have another Henry there, and it's Hunter Henry. Um, I love Hunter Henry as a starting tight end this year. I think he overtakes Antonio Gates finally. Um, huge red zone target, coming off eight touchdowns in his rookie season. Um, so yeah, that's that's pretty much that's pretty much it.
0: And uh, speaking of uh, tight ends, uh, you mentioned Hunter Henry; he's definitely on that list. But another tight end that could be had in rounds eight or later. Uh, that I think could make a lot of noise this year once Andrew Luck gets rolling As uh, uh, if he comes back uh, sooner rather than later is expected uh, is Jack Doyle, uh, Colts tight end. He quietly broke out last year and when Chris Ballard uh, took the GM job, uh, he uh, evaluated the roster and immediately re-signed Jack Doyle. Uh, how high are you on Jack Doyle as a value pick in the later rounds?
1: He's another tight end that, you know, you can get in the late rounds and, and he's he's a... Very solid tight end one, uh, my only concern right now is just Andrew luck's health, but as soon as luck's healthy, I think uh you know there's great value for Jack Doyle as well,
0: yeah, most definitely and and if also this guy i think if he falls to round eight as he has in some of my mocks, I think he could be a terrific bargain like he was for me last year, and that is uh, Tevin Coleman. what are your thoughts on Tevin Coleman
1: Tevin Coleman, I'm a little bit skeptical um. Mainly because you know Kyle Shanahan is, is out of Atlanta now. Um, they lost their running back coach to the 49ers as well. Um, and they just gave that huge contract to Freeman. So I think he'll still definitely be involved. Um, there's just other running backs that kind of, you know I'd rather take the risk on than, than Coleman, depending on you know where, where you can get him in the draft.
0: Absolutely. And thank you once again, Mike, for joining us today. and uh, we hope to have your brilliant mind here on this program in the very near future thank you once again
1: thanks a lot thanks for
0: having me you're very welcome mike and that's all for today here on sports crunch with Crom. but we'll be back here next week with more fantasy analysis and team preview so stay tuned also be sure to check out the episode archive as well as an up-to-date blog of mine at sportscrunch.com and remember that is crunch with a k for mike dente our producer chris broadhead man in the box i'm david cromolo saying so long and of course stay awesome